Welcome to the Boost Podcast with me, Graham Farmer. And today, I have a big one. I have Mr. C. Those of you know, Mr. C, he's been around the scene for a long time, formerly of The Shaman. He used to own The End Nightclub. He's also a DJ who runs and a producer, and he runs the label Super Freak. He's an incredible, outspoken man. And in this podcast, we talk about production, we talk about artists, we talk about DJs, we talk about promoting we talk about he we give him he gives his five tips for producers. We talk about demos. We talk about so much stuff. We also at the end talk about, about Eric Murillo and the social side of, of the scene at the moment. People getting raped. People getting DJs getting raped and all the kind of the nasty horribleness that's came out around that and around the death of Eric Murillo. Mr. C has been very vocal on social media about it, so I asked him about it and kind of got his comments on it. It's there's a lot of hard words in there, and if it's not for you, please feel free to fast forward or end it at that point. I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. I hope you get loads out of it. There's so much content in here. I hope you get loads out of it. Thanks for listening and thanks for joining us. Hey, Mr. C, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Um, it's been a strange few months, to say the least, but. I've been keeping busy and staying well. How are you? How yeah? How's lockdown been for you? I'm I'm good. And um, lockdown's been okay, kind of. I mean, as okay as this shit show can be. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I've been keeping myself very busy. Um, I've started a new podcast portal uh, for musical podcasts uh, called Freak Stream, and the Freak is F R E Q, like a super freak is. Yep. Uh, so that's freakstream.com and I've got lots of uh, mixes from DJs uh, around the world, uh, people that I love, um, my label artists, some of my own mixes up there as well. And it's been very well received, so that's been keeping me busy. And, How does that uh, work? Is that is that you upload to it or is it is it connected to another platform and you're dragging them across? How's it? Oh, no, no. I, uh, we, my, uh, my buddy Noel Jackson, he's one of my best friends, we actually record together as East LA Tech. Oh. Um, he's amazing. Um, he and I started the venture together and it, it came from out of lockdown. Like before lockdown, I had no clue I would be doing this this website. And uh, we, uh, I started doing streams, uh, music streams, because I'm like, how are we going to promote music? I started off with my own, my own remixes of my own EP, Radical Inclusion, came out in March. Hmm. Like, and it, like the middle of March and lockdown was just happening. And I was like, well, how, how's my music going to be heard? How the, you know, DJs are not playing in, going to be playing in clubs. How's it going to be heard? So um, I, I, I started a live video, yeah. uh, live Facebook stream, just with my phone in my hand. <laughs> uh, uh, hi everybody i hope you're good uh here's uh you know um, i want to play you my new ep and i played all the four uh, four mixes no five mixes on it and like you know, I had thousands of people viewing it i think like, i remember that yeah and it was like hold on a minute this is i found a way to promote our music but then the wheels obviously started turning and it was like okay well what about other people's music Yep. Do a mix, do a mix of all unreleased stuff. So I did a, a mix, I called it Techno Tuesday and mixed up everybody else's stuff and everyone went mad for it. So I thought, okay, I'm good. this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I started doing streams and I was telling Noel about it and he's like, well, maybe we should do it as podcasts and get other, you know, like do your, your streams as podcasts. And I'm like, well, yeah, but like, you know, we should, should we then not build a site? And then Noel, he <laughs> genius code writer he writes code for like big websites and stuff yep. he's like yeah, i can make it an awesome site right so i said all right well let's do it together as a joint project so he's like okay great and then that's what we did and then i got um, you know people to to do mixes for me so i opened up with eddie richards and then carl cox did one and then i had my favorite dj in the world murph and then like you know people local djs like i had joe dismal from texas who not many people know but people need to know and as well as people like carl cox clive henry tara brooks steve bug Da, 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 et cetera, et cetera, and so on. Uh, and then I did um, also uh, a super freak spotlight. 
So when artists on Super Freak are releasing their music, around the time of the release, I'll do a, a, a podcast for my artists to spot to showcase them to help them do a bit of promotion around the release of their single. Nice. And then I started doing another one called Class of 88. So it started off again with my own podcast. And then I started to get other DJs from that era to do me podcasts so that we could educate the new people as to all the old music. Who's been on that? That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's great. Well, uh, I did one. Um, then, I've, well, I've done, actually done two of those. Um, I had Graham Park do one. Uh, and I had, um, they're just monthly. So, yeah, Graham Park and I had uh, uh, Jack de Marseille. Nice. He's awesome. He's done one. So uh, that that's it for the moment. But I'm, I'm going to be lining up some more of those pretty soon. Nice. That's really yeah. cool. I, I like it. I like how that idea just sort of went from like this little thing and it's just gone like that. Yeah, I, love, I, love, that I love when that happens. Yeah, well, that's like a story of my life. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm one of those people that follow the, follows the arrow. Um, you know, when a, a path opens up in front of you, there's a reason for it and you have to walk the path. And that's, I'm a firm believer of that. And, you know, uh, most people don't take opportunities that fall, fall, fall before them, mm. more for them. You know, you have to, but if opportunities open themselves up to you, there's a reason for that and you should take them. And that's what I did. And I just followed that arrow. And now we've got this awesome uh, website, a uh, podcast portal called freakstream.com. And, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's, so I've been working on that. That's taken up a lot of my time. During the process of that, I've learned a lot about uh, doing live streams. <laughs> I knew do. nothing about doing a live stream. And I've got all these like the cables. Because at first I was just using the microphone on, on my iPhone, which is yep. but it's not the same as plugging a wire into it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm still broadcast doing my streams through my iPhone, believe it or not. Yeah. Like the people are like, how are you doing that? Which is crazy. I have to go from the RCAs from my mixer into an RCA to 3.5 me, uh, uh, millimeter mono, uh, sorry, uh, stereo jack. And then from that into an audio in cable into another mini jack, which then goes into uh, uh, the, the iPhone. TRS, the TRR, yeah. TRR to TRS. Yes. Uh, so it's four cables to do it, but it yeah. works amazingly well. And yeah. the picture on my iPhone is dope. I've got to say it. <laughs> so I haven't had to set up loads of cameras or anything. I just have one shot and it, it works. And, uh, you know, my fans like it. It's, that's another good thing. We've had this, like, I've built a community. Like, you know, I get 200 to 300 people in the room at one time when I'm doing these streams, which is a lot of people at once. Yeah, and it's good. Like, and it, they, they, it's like being in a night, little nightclub. Everyone's talking with each other and chatting. And it's built this community of regulars. I've got the same regular two to 300 people that are coming every single stream. And it's become this community where everyone's sharing and supporting each other. And that's the real beauty of this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I was watching, uh, we, uh, right at the beginning, uh, I was watching Tall Paul and he had his, he was doing them every Friday on, on, on our data transmission page and literally had the same people on every Friday, every week. And it was just like, this is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, I agree with you. Like, yeah, I agree that you can do them so, but like, I've literally been upgrading my kit as well. Like I, as we've been going along and learning more about live streaming exactly like this week, I literally bought a new light. Look, watch light goes and that's all it does. Yeah. That's little it, that's, up, little, little that's upgrades. Yeah, I haven't got a light, as you can see. <laughs> but um, no, for, well, mine have been musical, but I have got a light because, you know, I started off, yeah, with just the phone. And then I got myself a tripod. That, yeah. that, right? And then I got myself, I've got some, um, I've got this strip light that I put behind the booth that yeah. like changes color. And yeah. then I got, um, I didn't want to go for the cheesy, like, you know, the flashy lights that everyone's I'm using. All, I'm all for this. Like, like, literally, I think those flashy lights look awful on, on live streams. They look I, really good in your room. Yeah, like the ones that move around, I, but on I a got, live stream, they just look I, awful. Yeah, they're terrible. But I've got this one that's like a, a waterfall that cascades. Perfect. Right? And it, like, if I put it the same color as what I'm doing the strip light, it, and then turn it upside down so it goes up instead of down, it looks quite amazing. It looks like smoke, it's almost amazing. like fire. Yeah. And then I've got um, um, uh, so I've got those two, but like, I merged them as like one effect. And yeah. then I've got a strobe, and I just go the flash like that. And every time it flashes, it's like a different color. So it's just oh, what was that? Yeah. And then and then I got a projector, so I've got project like really nice projections on the wall, and it just evolved into this thing. Yeah. But I tried to put it in a different way to others, but I do put a production on. It takes me an hour to set the whole thing up when I do my streams. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, I'm all, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all for the solid color. Like the solid color behind is just, that's all you need. It looks sick. Like, yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I do. I do mix it a little bit with like, sometimes I have the strippers one color. Like if I do the strippers, like a, 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 a yellow and the uh, wallers are red, like the up the fire thing is a red. It looks like there's a fire. It looks like my wall's on fire. That's cool. So that's pretty cool. Um, you know, uh, but obviously like, what I'm doing is in my house, it's in my living room. So I've got to put, set it up. And also I've got all these roof lights. Like my living, as you come in my front door, you've got this like stair, the stairs go up to the bedroom, but I've got all these roof lights and half of my living room is like big sliding windows. So it's really bright. So getting it dark is a nightmare. I've had to get <laughs> curtains, like blackout curtains that go all the way along like the kind of, so it makes a hallway because my it's open plan. So I have to close the room off from the stairs and I have to, so I have to put all these like uh, blackout curtains and draw all the blinds and like put like, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. It takes me ages to go. <laughs> and I can't leave it up because it's my living room and my missus will kill me. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Like, yeah. it's really amazing. I, I was just uh, like I, I I agree with you on that point where if you're going if you're an arrow points you in the right direction like you just go into it. I fully like I I'm also of the like if something's too like it's too difficult like it's not happening then it's not the right time for it as well you know correct that means there's resistance and the universe is putting obstacles in your way we have to follow the universe it's always right <laughs> it's, it's you know it's doing things for a reason and if you follow the arrow you're never going to go wrong it's your intuition saying hey this is what, what we're going to do so um uh, so let's let's talk music let's talk about music let's talk about super freak uh you there seems to be a load of releases recently which has been great to see Yes. Did you have a, a little lot, break? A lot or of them my own, which is quite funny. Um, I, I've, I've never made made and released so much music, so you know. Has that been a lockdown thing? Just lo making more it's been and more. Lockdown, yeah, it's been lockdown, and uh, you know, uh, I've been releasing a lot, quite a lot of East LA tech music. Uh, the current single um, is actually um, uh, the current one is Jay Tripwire, but the one before that, no, what is it? No, the current one is East LA Tech. The one before that was Jay Tripwire. The one before that was um, Noel Jackson, who's like half of East LA Tech. The one before that was um, East LA Tech. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the next one, uh, the release is coming out, is going to be my own Mr. C single. And then I've got another East LA Tech coming out. But I've also got, you know, like I say, Jay Tripwire. Um, I've got tracks coming out from Jur, uh, Nepo Tech, uh, like new artists that I'm bringing into the label because I'm always looking for new talent. Uh, the Super Freak label has always been about developing new talent. And, I, I'm, you know, um, I get a lot of stuff sent to me, but it's more people that are introduced to me through others. Uh, yeah, that was going to be my next question is how, how, how are you finding that, those talent? Because obviously this podcast is literally for new talent and for helping yeah. people. So how it's you, people, how... It's people that make the right effort, like Jer, who is going to be the release um, after mine. Um, I met him, he's a friend of Jay Tripwire. Um, who's obviously a long-term labels artist. Yeah. But he's a friend of Jay Tripwire and he come to one of our events uh, last year. I was playing in Vancouver with Jay at an after hours. And uh, we uh, he came along and partied with us and he gave me his track and I thought it was dope and I've been playing it quite a lot since last year. And um, then I said to him, I'll release this, but I need a couple, couple of other tracks to go with it because I like the track so much. And... Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, that's kind of the way to do it. I, you know, a lot of people are sending me blind emails. A lot of the time I don't even listen. Just because I haven't got time. You know, like, so busy doing other things that it's like, you know, blind emails. And, you know, sometimes I listen. You know what? Pretty much 99% of the tunes that get sent to me as demos are rubbish. And it's like, it's like oh, God, there's a whole massive inbox full of rubbish that I need to listen to. Whereas when you're introduced to someone or someone makes the effort to come and see you at a gig and get to know you and they're a part of the scene, then it becomes a slightly different ball game. You know, if someone comes up to me um, um, when I'm DJing in a club, which is obviously not while we're in a pandemic, yeah. uh, but like comes up to me and says, oh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I've been following your music. I love your label, Super Freak. And, you know, like get chatting. Because I'm very friendly. I talk to everyone. And, like, you know, someone gives me a USB stick, a, like a little flash drive, says, I've got this, check that out. I'll, I'll give it a listen because they've made that extra effort. Yeah, yeah. Extra nine yards. Sending someone an email ain't it. 
you know what I, I mean? I, I was just I was just thinking that like the way like how that how that now transposed to a pandemic world where like do they chat you up in the live stream? Do they? Oh yeah, no, you know how, how does that how does that that, that motion now happen? With Nepotech, um, he like um, he uh, sent me a message on Instagram, and uh, like uh, he was saying like, hey. Um, um, I'm looking, I've got some tracks and I was wondering about mastering. Uh, do you know anyone who's doing any mastering? So I immediately thought, well, Jay Tripwire, he's obviously suffering pandemic. He can master and he can do mix downs for people. So yeah, <laughs> I, I hooked him up with Jay. They got together and Jay did some mastering for him. And then he sent me the masters and they were awesome. And I was like, these are really good tracks. Uh, he asked me if they were. He asked me if they were right for Super Freak, and I said, "Well, they're nice, minimal, dark, twisted tracks, but there needs to be a little bit more for Super Freak. Like, I need acid lines. I need a bit more trippiness. I need some more mischief in there. <laughs> a little bit minimal from my sound. But I like, you know, Super Freak is kind of minimal, but it's got yeah. playfulness on top of the minimal. It's got, you know, I like the f I like silly noises <laughs> for one of the better. <laughs> So, um, so he went back and did some more work on them with Jay and yeah. then sent them back with acid lines and all these other noises and I was like, oh, this is great, all right, I'll release it. So yeah. you see, this is how it went. So it was he reached out to me online as a message and then it went like that. Um, you know, he was fortunate to get on board, but the music has to be really good. And, you know, there's uh, what a lot of our, you know, I've been sent stuff where the music and the writing is fa fantastic, but the production is awful. Yeah. That, so that means this artist is a great artist. They've got great ideas. The music is amazing. They're nice and trippy and nice chords and nice this and nice that. But the kick sounds like a bag of shit. Like the hat, so there's no dynamics. There's no dynamics in the EQing. There's no micro EQing. Nothing is side chained. Nothing has got the right production on it. And you're like, oh, well, you know, sorry, I can't help you because it needs to sound amazing. So it's got to, tracks have to be like proper. So not only need they be artistic and creative and not copying others because mm. I hate generic, yeah? Mm. They also need to sound amazing. Great separation, great dynamics, good thick bass lines, good thick kick, nice separation in the mid range, no um, uh, rogue frequencies distorting on synths and pads, like certain things that are really necessary for me to want to release so and then on the other there's the other side of the coin where i get stuff that's amazingly well produced it's all nice and thick and great bottom end on the kick and nice thick bass and like you know the the bass line side chain properly to the kick all the hats all side side chain together to create a nice groove in the high ends and all these nice things are done but the music's rubbish <laughs> <laughs> it's all rubbish but generic and i don't the one that the one the person before that was that had all the right ideas what would you suggest to them to to make themselves like what would you what would you say to that person like if they've got the ideas how would yeah. you what would they do to make themselves what, like what would you go right you should go and do this because it would make you better it make they, you they need to take an audio course like that's going to teach them how to process audio properly like an engineering course like they need to learn how to compress their stuff. They need to learn how to separate. They need to learn how to do micro EQing, which is vital. They need to learn about sound. You know, like when you've got this weak as piss hi-hat that comes from, uh, you know, some shitty program, it's not going to cut it. You need hi-hats that are dynamic, that cut through. Every sound in that track needs to be a feature when it comes in. Yeah. Every sound. Nothing is there just to fill it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, with, with the production, it's like, you know, is this hi-hat good enough? Is this kick good enough? Does this kick sound like you're punching a cardboard box? Or does it sound like a big, big thick, warm kick that you feel yeah. in your chest? Yeah. You know, and you've got to start to look at that. Compare your sounds with your favorite tunes and say, is my music comparable? And if not, why not? What am I missing? What am I missing with my track to this track that I love? What's the difference? I feel I feel that too many people are putting too much music out as well. Like 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 they'll they finish so much and like I've just finished. I've literally just put a track out for the first time ever, mm. and it's doing it's 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 fun, right? It's been a fun, it's a fun experience. But one thing I have learned from that is that 
we I spent a shitload on this track to try and get it into where I want it to be and the amount of streams I want it to do. Yeah. And I would like if you've got 20 of those are happening every month, like one a month, that's not gonna happen. Like you're not gonna do that. So is that track enough that you're gonna want to spend all that money and all that effort? And if it's not, then you shouldn't really, I guess, not put it out. No, and I don't know. I think well, good music is good music. I mean, like you know, if I take like you know my um, I, idols from back in the day, and I look at someone, someone like Larry Hurd as an yep. example. Mr. Fingers, he's a, I idolized the guy. He was releasing his Fingers Inc. as Larry Heard. He was putting out a single every month for years. Really? Why not? If you're that good, why not? Like you look at Jay Tripwire, prolific. He's got, we he can put out a tune every month. I'm going to be playing all four tracks every month because they're <laughs> dope. And you know, and like if you're making dope music, as if you're a prolific artist and you're making incredible music, release it. Like, I, I don't care. I'd rather play a set that contains 30% J Tripwire's music than a set, because it's amazing, than a set that plays inferior music to Jay's because it only comes out from an artist two to three times a year. Okay. That's, but that's my opinion. Yeah, cool. And it's different like that. But like, you know, I don't have a problem with, uh, you know, I, I think if, an, if you're a good artist, and you're really good at what you do. If you put, you know, if one of my artists, like say like Dance Spirit, for an example, if they put a tune out on Super Freak, and then the next month they put a tune out on uh, Super Nature, and then the next week they put one out on their own label, uh, Wild Wolves on Acid, uh, sorry, sorry, month. Each month they've put putting out something on a different label each month. That's only, that's 12, that's 12 EPs a year. Mm. That's, and if they've got three tracks on each EP, yeah, that's a, that's thirty six tunes in a year. Does it what? does it does it matter that it it's it might not get as much, I guess, sales so, so, streams. So if, I, if, I, so if every month, right, hypothetically, yeah. you're a DJ. Yeah, I send you a, a sick EP, three track Mr. CEP. All three tracks are sick, and you go, all right, yeah, I'm loving this, and you're playing them. And then four weeks later, I send you another one, and you're not going to be excited. Yeah, I guess so. I guess uh, so. Yeah. I guess. I just right. like and I then, just well, I, I guess I'm just thinking like yes that's a kind of like you, you've got a, like a database that you're going to send it to the amount of people but is the the masses going to hear because there's just not enough time and space between those to kind of let it get out there you know it takes a while for it to get out there I guess oh, that means you've got to care about the masses yeah I don't give a shit about the masses. They can come. <laughs> like, you know, I care about people that are into me and my music. And okay. like, uh, you know, I don't care. Like, like, you know, my music sells a thousand copies. It's not a lot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I said, get to a tune, it sells a thousand. It's nothing. It's a thousand digital copies. So, that's, but there's a thousand people. Great, though, if it's doing that. No, there's a thousand people that love my music. And they'll they'll buy it every time I release a tune. They'll buy them because they love my music. I don't care about Joe Bloggs. Joe Bloggs can play like Solomon tunes. I don't care. <laughs> Nothing to do with me. <laughs> I guess you've built that audience though for a long time, and that's why that those thousand people buy that thousand that, that, that every time. Yeah, but look, look, if someone's released, if someone releases, if you're something. new, like if you're new and you've got like. Look, Nepotech, who I didn't know a year ago, is sending me tunes. And every time he sends me a tune, like two or three tracks, an EP, there's one or two tracks on it that I'm definitely playing. I don't know him. I've just met him. I'm going to release his tune. I've just met him virtually. Now he's, send, he's got the bug because he's, you know, I've inspired him by loving, liking his stuff. And he's started his own label. He's released since then. Since I met him, he started his own label. He's releasing music. He's getting other people to remix his stuff for him. He's on. He's good. He's doing it. Is it he's, called, he's, do you say it's called Wolves on Acid? What? No, that's a, uh, uh, that's a Dance Spirits Acid label. It's called Wild Wolves on Acid. That's an amazing name for a label. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. No, Nepotech, I'm, I can't remember what his label was called, but, you know, like, but that's what I'm saying. Look, if someone, like, you know, if I just discover someone, like, I've never heard any of their tracks before, and it's brilliant, then all of a sudden, I, like, I want to know what the, if, if another, then I see another thing a week later, I'm like, oh, brilliant, there's another one. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, we put one out last month. No, I want the good music. Yeah, I want good music, and I don't care who it's from. And if people that I like put stuff out that's not really what I want to play, I dismiss it. I don't follow labels. I don't follow artists. 
I listen to music and if it's new and I like it, I play it. I don't care. I don't even know like, 90% of the new tunes that I play. I don't even know who they are. I've, I've never heard of them before. Like, you know, I'm getting, I'm finding stuff and getting sent promos from left, right and center. And I'm going through them and I'm like, I'm not even really paying attention. And I find stuff and I'm like, oh, this is wicked. I'm playing that. I don't care who made it. <laughs> it's not important to me who made it. What is important is I like this piece of art. I like this tune and it fits with what I do. And I, you know, I'm quite broad, but I'll play deep house, house, acid house, tech house, techno, electro, breakbeat. As long as it's deep, twisted, sexy, mm. tripped out, fun, mischievous, <laughs> naughty, naughty, I'm happy. I'm a happy chappy. And that's, that's the way I do it. So I don't care. Like if someone, if I'm getting stuff from, lots of stuff from an artist, I'll play it. If I get something I've never heard of the artist before and I get sent a promo and I love it, I'll play it. It's that simple. That's cool. That's really cool. I love that. I listen to a lot of stuff like that. It's cool. That's really cool. Um, do you care about how they message you? Like, do you care if it's just a link in an email or do you, do you like a bit of care given into that kind of message to you? Well, I'm not very good with emails. To be honest, <laughs> um, you know, um, it's it's a, it's a problem. <laughs> it's, a, it's something I need to get over. Um, the best way to to get me is through socials, through cool. well, through Instagram and through Instagram and through Facebook Messenger. They're the best ways to sort of get to me uh, to sort of get my attention. Um, because I, you know, I've, I'm always, I'm, you know, I'm always on the social, so that's a lot easier for me. With uh, sending me an email, uh, I'm like, you know, I say, oh, demo or oh, another one, <laughs> and I won't even open the email. Do you know what I mean? I ain't got time for this. I'm so busy, and it's not that I'm, you know, being a dick, right? It's like I'm so busy doing freak stream, making my own music, running a label, doing promotions, like um, getting involved in social issues. Uh, you know, there's so many things that I'm involved with, you know, uh, I can't be sitting there spending hours a day going through people's demos. So yeah. that's, they have to make that extra effort, you know, like people that, you know, I'm not really interested in like artists who um, don't make the effort to be a part of the community. Yes. Like, it's like the same thing with DJs, you know, like, you know, I've had mates getting upset, but that I don't book them even though they're amazing. Like I've got some of my mates that I grew up with are amongst the best DJs you'll ever hear in your life. Mm. Really good musical taste, amazing mixes, way better than most of the big names out there. Nobody knows who they are, they're bedroom DJs. And they, they're bugged because I don't book them. But if they're not coming to the parties and being part of the community, making new friends, being social, bringing people to the events, what's the value? Yeah. There's no value. So it's about being a full package. Not only do you have to, you know, learn how to make good music, have good productions, you need to be involved in the community, you need to be part of the scene, you need to be promoting the label, you need to be promoting your music, you need to be helping other people, you need to be setting up your own events. There's so many things that you need to do to make it as an artist. And it's all about being a full package. And if you're, you know, sitting at home being like a nerd with your headphones on making music and you, you know, never leave the house, you're of no value. Nice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So there's a lot more to it. You know, like I work my tits off. I work every hour God sends, you know, um, you know, before the pandemic, I'm out at events. Like if I, if I, if I take a weekend off, right, uh, like, which I do, like, you know, the last couple of years, I've been looking after myself a bit better and um, been saying, right, once a week, once a month, I'm not going to work this weekend. Mm. What do I do? I go to a warehouse party in downtown <laughs> LA. <laughs> <laughs> My missus thinks I'm mad. She's like, look, you're not 21. You're in your mid fifties. You know what I mean? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't help myself. I'm a, part of, I'm a part of the community. And I do that when I'm traveling, when I'm on the road. You know, I won't sit in my hotel making music or doing whatever. I'll go out. I'll go and meet people. I'm part of, it's about being part of the community. And when you're a part of the community and making lots of friends, lots of people want to hang out with you. So then if you're, you know, DJing at an event, people will want to come and support you opens up opportunities as well for you. Like you don't know what that's going to open by meeting those people as well. Exactly. So it's all about being the full package and dedication, Ded dedication to being a DJ. Like being a DJ is being an artist and a performer. 
Mm. So you're performing, yeah. So you've got to build up a fan base. You've got to build up followers. You've got to build, be a part of the community. What we're doing, this whole music scene, it's a global community. Mm. We're all together in this. So you're either part on the bus or off the bus. You make your choice. <laughs> Bums on seats times. Yeah, no, it's not even that. It's just, are you part of the community? Yeah. You know, like I've always helped people. Like when I did Plink Plonk Records in the 90s, it was based on helping people. All my, my said mates that I was talking about who moan that they can't get the gigs, mm. I, I, I set up a, like a 200,000 pound studio back in 1992, right? <laughs> I, put stu like, uh, we, I spent all my shaman money. I didn't buy a car. I didn't buy a house. Mm. I set up a recording studio called The Watershed. I've got my mates in uh, to come and learn. I've got the best engineers, John O'Podmore, Ian Tregoning, uh, Michelle Spiegel, and I've got, uh, People to come in and learn. Uh, Bushwhacker came to learn to engineer in my studio. Like mates came and come in and learned. My mate Dan Daniel Mancini came in, lived in there, making teaching and learning. And then um, I got my um, boys to come in to work with these engineers. My mates that got all these ideas. And what was good enough, I put out on my new label, Plink Plonk, where I employed people to uh, run the office. Run, I had a red label partner, Paul Rip, who did the Clink Street parties in 1988. We employed our mates. We got we built a community we had an office an infrastructure i spent my money on the best artwork the best design the best packaging 180 gram vinyls like the whole lot everything proper right to sell like a thousand copies of a tune losing <laughs> money hand over fist i don't care because plink plonk is one of the best labels that was ever made and it helps to develop artists and yeah i had Derek carter and Kenny Larkin and all these different people coming in, Rolo McGinty from the Wooden Tops, myself, known artists, but I wouldn't let anyone use their real name so that it was a level playing field for all the artists. People are like, where is this amazing music coming from? Yeah. You want to know, like Megalon was a new artist, sounded every bit as good as, uh, you know, anyone else, mm. for example. And that, for me, was the way to do things. Um, and, you know, I've always done that. Um, I, you know, I've always spent my money on helping new artists. I did it with end recordings, developed yeah. new artists. I'm doing it with Super Freak and have been doing that for like, you know, years and years with Super Freak. Mm -hmm. uh, I know everyone. I know all the DJs and the producers. They're all my mates. I've been hanging out for years and years. They're all my buddies. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, I, don't, like, I don't go and say, oh, get me a, give, give us a tune, give us a tune, give us a tune. Mm. Because then it, it, my label don't just sounds like all the other labels. Yeah. However, people are making me new music, especially new artists, and they know that I've got to like it. And they're thinking, well, how how can I be me? It sounds like Super Freak. If you listen to all the Super Freak releases, they're all completely different. Yet mm. there's a thread. That's a Super Freak tune. It could be Deep House. It could be Balls to the Wall Techno. Mm. Still sounds like Super Freak, and there's a reason for that. And I think, you know, that's the, the thing with, um, you know, music, it's got to be a certain way. And for, for me, as a music lover, I've put everything that I, I've earned, all the money I've earned, I've put back in. And I continue to do so because it's the right thing to do. I'm not going to be able to take it with me when I pop my clogs. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. I have a series on YouTube. It's called Five Things Producers Need to Know. So um, what five things do producers need to know? Okay, five things that producers need to know. Um, the first thing that they need to know is compression. Cool. Uh, compression is really vital for lots of different reasons, but mostly it's about letting whatever is meant to lead lead without getting cloudy and muddy. So compression is like, you know, compre compressing, like, you know, side chaining a bass to a kick and getting that compressed right is really vital. And, you know, the same with hi-hats, like, you know, getting like, you've got, like, you got a running hat, you've got open hats, you've got splashes, you've got shakers, and they're all doing slightly different things. Um, you know, like when you compress them together mm. and side chain it or compress it together, You've got you side chain it to the open hat, so that's dominant. But then compression, you're compressing it together, and it gives a groove that you wouldn't you, you wouldn't get that groove. Oh, nice! If you didn't compress those things together, so it gives you a tightness. That's, that's cool. That's that's vital. Most people don't know that. 
And I'm like, come on, get a grip. And um, another thing is um, micro EQing. Yep. Um, we, yeah. Yeah. So if you've got a, a, you know a sound like a synth sound and it's like really harsh, uh, it, there's bits of distortion in it, and you need to remove the distortion from the sound. And you do that by micro EQing. So you take the EQ, you get a spike, you put a spike on the EQ, and then you run it left and right along the top. And where it screeches with feedback, that's where the problem frequency is. You pull it all the way down. Then you start to clean up the sound. When you do that, it creates space that allows other sounds to also be dynamic. And that takes away the muddiness of the track and gives you a much better production sound. That's amazing. Right. So this is the, the, the they're the two big ones okay. for me. Um, number, three. number three, um, not letting things that sound similar hit on the same note. Okay. Right. So, you know, like, um, like if you've got like a clap, and a, a clap and a snare don't have them on the same note. Let them set. If you've got, you remove the snare. If you've got a snare feel, going everywhere there's a two four clap, remove that snare. Then they're not battling for space. This creates more dynamic. Nice. Um, number four, make every sound a feature. Yep. Even if it's just a like once every eight bars of woodblock go. Buck, Make sure you can hear that wood block. Make sure it's there. Yeah. Make sure it's proper. Yeah. You know, every sound is a feature. If it's not, you don't need it. Nice. Um, that was number four, right? Yeah. Number and the big number five. Number five. Um, right now, what do I choose? There's quite a few things. What makes a good artist musically isn't what you write and what you put in. Mm. It's what you have the balls to take away. Okay. Love that. So take away the rubbish. Less is more. Less is more. You don't need the. But you don't need to just have loads and loads of lines. It doesn't make a difference. A good artist isn't what they put in; it's what they take away. Okay. Cool. I'm willing. Yeah. Um, did you want your bonus? I, I'm, I did have a Brucey bonus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Brucey bonus. Yeah. Um. For the speedboat when you to get your balancing right have your um monitor before you mix down as low as humanly possible so you can barely even hear have it so low that you have to strain to hear mm. yeah right now anything that you can't hear at that point is not loud enough right anything that sticks out is too loud Oh, then sick. you then you get an amazing balance and i mean so low like it's almost not you can't hear it as low as possible that you could still hear the track i don't mean just low like you would be listening in your mm. you know on your on your radio mm. really i mean really really low almost like you've got strain to hear it yeah. then anything you can't hear is not loud enough anything that sticks out is too loud then you get a really good balance. That's cool. I, uh, I, 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 that's really cool. Thank you. That's really cool. I do that with my. I do that when I'm DJing as well. But I turn my headphones right down so that the difference between there's a massive difference and it, you you hear oh, a lot. Of DJing as well. That's the biggest tip I always give to DJs. Have your headphones really low. Yeah, and I do that. Don't take that one off when you're in the mix. Yeah, because then you're not in control anymore. You're not hearing the difference. But if you've got this one screaming loud. Then the, uh, when you start to bring the mix in, you can't hear what you're mixing into anymore. Yeah. So have yeah. that luck, and then you can hear what you're mixing into. Yeah. That's enough. That's a DJ tip. That's yeah, yeah. Do you feel there's Do you feel there's a difference between a D, being a DJ and an artist? Um, no, I think a DJ is an artist. Well, he's not if he's just playing generic. Yeah. He's a cop. It's the same with making music. If you're you know making tunes to sound like Solomon, you're like. Uh, a copyist yeah making generic music yeah. if you're making music to sound like you to sound different to sound unique to sound fresh to sound exciting you're an artist yeah so it depends on how you're making music and what you're making music for and it's the same with DJing like any DJ that just plays as generic isn't an isn't an artist in my eyes any DJ that make and any producer that's making generic music is not an artist in my eyes 
Yeah. If you're doing something a little bit different and you're pushing the, and you've got your own unique sound, then you're an artist. Do you feel that there's a, a like, do you think things will change going into 2021? Like with the, with the, I guess, scene and the, the bigger players, do you think there's a, do you think there's a bit of a, or do you think once it, once it's, once it's allowed back out, it'll just be back to what it was before? Yeah, look, it'll be back to what it was before. Look, look let's just be realistic here. 90% of people that go out to party don't give a shit about music. Right? <laughs> okay. They go out to get off their nut, have a laugh with their mates, and maybe get their end away. I agree. Boys and girls. Right? So, I, you know, that for me is what the scene is about. 10% of the scene like music. So, 90% are going to want to go to the party where the DJ's a complete bellend and he's giving it all that because then like you know if I was to stand behind the decks and every gig and go come on okay yeah 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 I'd be massive in no time like I'd be raking in 20 grand a gig instead of 1500 quid do you know what I mean and that's a big difference and the reason is I'm an underground DJ and I don't want to stand there doing the God to Jesus pose like I've been on <laughs> for like you know uh, uh, four days you know what i mean uh, no and that's how it works and we have to be realistic this is yep. the truth this I is the truth and that's how it is and i don't see that changing because 90 percent of the sheeple don't want to listen to music hmm. the other 10 percent do and yeah for as long as that 10 percent are there djs like me will have a job when they don't, they won't. And it's going to be the same. And, you know, it's the same with promoters. Um, the, the promoters that are booking all these generic bellends, right, are doing it because they want those 90% to come and spend their 30 quid, 40 quid, 50 quid a ticket. And that's why they book these people. Yeah. You know, there's nothing can be done about it. It is what it is. Greedy promoters. They're, they're, they're not, I don't even call them promoters anymore. I call them glorified talent bookers because they don't actually promote. They just book talent and put, put out like, you know, events and digital flyers and whatever. They're not actually promoting. For me, a promoter is what we do. We get, we get artists that we believe in that, you know, are artists, going back to that word. And then we book them, yeah, because they've got great releases and they've got a great label and people might not have heard of them. And then we promote them. Mm. We, we put out, we send out mixes to our fan base. Check this mix, check that mix. Hear this tune, listen to that tune. If done, listen to that tune, and you get you promote the artist. You promote yeah. them. You promote their label. You promote their DJ mixes, and you get people excited. God, this is this artist is all right, isn't he? God, that mix, dope. I can't wait to hear this one live. That, that's <laughs> yeah. In like all these huge names, they're not promoters. You don't need to promote when you're booking massive names. Yeah. You don't need to stick their name on the flyer and then it will come. The sheep will come. There it is. Boom. Robert's your mother's brother. Done. Yeah. Are you know, the, I mean, I guess that, that ethos is that is old school and uh, is lovely for yeah. sure. It's what it's what you it's what you guys were doing at the end, it's what yeah. we were doing at Turnmills. It's it's Exactly. And that's that's the way for me that we work. And that's why I always have new DJs playing at my events, coming in and warming up and, you know, doing, you know, I've always got space for a new warm up DJ. If they're involved in the community and they do all the right stuff, then they'll, they'll make themselves a space. And I think that that's really important. And I'll continue to do that. And, you know, I'm happy with my lot. I'm happy with my little party for 400 people. I don't need it more than that. You know, I'm I'm happy booking my guest DJ and like uh, only having to pay like fifteen hundred quid and a flight and a hotel instead of having to pay thirty grand. Yeah, uh, I'm happy. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, uh, to give that art a proper artist who's going to earn a decent wage. Yeah. You know, fair, fair play, fair music, fair wages. Everything's right. And that money, you know, I'm, what I've got my left over, I'm spending on promoting label, promoting new artists, da, 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 like helping, like I've done in my whole career. And I'm happy. And I, I couldn't be happier. You know, I've had DJs saying to me, oh, like, I loved your set, man. That was amazing. I wish I could play music like that. I'm like, what? I wish I could play. Oh, I've got my crowd. Oh, I have to play a certain way. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I've had quite a few times, yeah. 
Really? Just play yeah. the music you want to play, fuck's sake. I've had that quite a few times. I know DJs that are not very happy. I'm happy. Yeah, I love that. When I'm behind the decks, you can see how much I'm absolutely getting off on it. I'm I loving the music that I'm playing. The music's all new and fresh. Yeah. I'm playing all the time. So it's new and fresh and exciting. I'm dropping tunes and surprising myself. Yeah, nice. I've played them at home once and I've marked them, right? And then I play it out and I'm like, fuck, you know, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> right I just want to go like that and I'm going like that and it's like, oh, this is not me. <laughs> I do that. I that's, do, I... Yeah, that's what it's all about. And that's what I love. And for me, DJing is the reward. That's uh -huh. not what I'm paid for. I'm being paid for the hard work that I do all week, the promotion, the travel. That's what I'm being paid for. Yeah. The, the three hours that I'm on the decks or the four hours that I'm on the decks or even the two hours, if I have to play only two hours, uh, is the reward. Yeah. That's, that's my reward for all my hard work. Yeah, I, I do the same. I'm like, because oh, I, I get up so early and I'm like, I start I, I start flicking through music and I find some techno record and I'm like I'm like this is wicked and I'm dancing around the kid dancing around this room like at four, four in the morning because I've started so early like with headphones on quietly just going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like not to wake anyone else up in the house, but kind of don't, pumping your techno. Generic DJs do that. No, no. <laughs> oh, there you go. And you know, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's fi finally let's uh, touch on social side of the industry. Uh, you have been very vocal recently about Mr. Murillo. I thought I'd get your final thoughts on it before we close. It's obviously a big subject, and let me say something. Um, my thoughts weren't about Murillo. Yeah. They were about the DJs sharing their photos and upsetting rape victims. Yeah. That's look, but that's where my problem was. That's like, you know, I had that epic post, yeah, that got shared a couple of thousand or more times. Yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> well, firstly, firstly, well done for sharing that because like someone had to say it and it and I'm glad like, really honestly glad you are you did and uh, like there's well, so many people. I'm I'm not looking for attention. No uh, people are an attention seeker. I'm a fucking has been. I've had so many people attacking me. Yeah, okay. I for it, but I don't give a fuck. They can jog on. I don't yeah. care. You know, I don't care what they say. I don't care what anyone's opinion is. If I cared what anyone's opinion was, I'd play generic music and stay <laughs> in there. <laughs> don't care. Wait, if you're watching, don't care. Right <laughs> now, my whole point wasn't about talking about Murillo. Yeah. Right? It was talking about all those DJs. I, I felt sick to my stomach. I was on Instagram and I was scrolling that, that day, every third or fourth picture was a big DJ laughing with their arms around Murillo saying what a lovely geezer he was. Right? Imagine if you're a woman who's been raped, seeing yeah. that. I was sick to my stomach. I mean, I, I was I sexually... Was. I was sexually abused as a kid, so this sort of stuff kind of repulses me anyway, like sexual assault and stuff, repulses me. But these people, it's like, did the, would they have shared Jimmy Savile? I know, would, I, 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 I said exactly the same as that. Would they have shared Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah. Would they have shared Harvey Weinstein? Yeah. No! So why are they sharing their, their rest in peace, you know, with a rapist? Do you think it would have been as bad if they had not put a caption and just put a picture? I don't think they know. I, I think it's just as bad. Any what? Look, for me, right? It's not about the court case. It's not only about any of that. But every single victim of rape, yeah. yeah I do you know how many? Do you know you know that um, ninety-one percent of rape cases don't even get reported. Right. Yes. Yeah, it's it's, right? it's ridiculous. Like the amount of. There is for these poor victims, yeah, that you know, they wake up in the morning, like at somewhere, and they've got no knickers on. And they've, they feel a bit sore. Can you imagine the shame of those poor victims? That's what I'm speaking out for. They've got to watch and say, look, look how repulsive this scene is. All the boys' club are all sticking up for uh, uh, someone who has been proven to have their DNA from a rape kit from someone's vagina. Mm. Yeah? This is the problem. This is the, yeah. my 
It's not, I mean, obviously I've got a problem with there being rapists on the scene and that needs to change. Yeah. Yep. Uh, my problem with that whole thing was more um, everyone going, my mate, the rapist. I, I, I agree. I, I, like we sat here and was like, he's, he's clearly, clearly was going to go down for being a rapist three yeah. days later. Clearly. Once it happened. All the all of his victims are going to start crawling out the woodwork. I've had look. I had Clear, one of my clearly going to be labelled a rapist for the rest of his life, and then thought, I don't want that. I'll go out. I'll go out the superstar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I had a, I've had a good friend contact me and tell me that he raped her. Who's this woman? Is amazing, amazing woman. Got not doesn't you? She's professional. She's smart. She's intelligent. She's gorgeous. She's got everything. She doesn't want anyone to know. So she's not looking for like fame or. She's thanking me for saying what I said because over fifteen years ago she got raped, and this is a friend. Yeah, I've had so many messages, and I've been like you know saving them, and uh, you know I've had so many messages for this. A friend of mine and I, uh, or a friend of mine, set up a little group for some warriors and survivors that we can support each other. And I joined as an, I'm, I'm an admin, and we've got a tiny little group, and we're all supporting each other as survivors. Can, how do other people join that? Can like obviously like how does how does it's private and hidden? They don't. All right. Okay. And one of our survivors knows another survivor. Person, then they can okay. Then they can they can invite them and introduce them to to, to Chloe Sinclair or myself. They can yeah. introduce. Then they can possibly get into this private small group. We're not an open public group. That's not what yeah. we're doing. Yeah, we. Want I guess to, I guess if people listen to this at any point and and knew someone, then they would message you and on Instagram. I saw, I saw a new um, page just started yesterday that very impressed me. It's only had one post, and uh, what's it called again? Um, uh, dance floor code on Facebook. It's just started yesterday, I believe. Yeah. Have a look. Like, I think this is good, and it's, it's outlined ten codes of conduct that people need to have when they go into nightclubs, parties, warehouse parties, festivals. Ten codes of conduct, which to these ten codes, to me and you, um, are like normal. This you is not <laughs> It's like 10 codes and it protects women. And the first post is like us, it's been shared loads. I'm like, whoa, this is like, someone's got this, someone's got it. And like, if, like, you know, if everyone starts having a look and, you know, following these codes, yeah, codes of the dance floor on how to behave, if people start following these 10 codes on codes of conduct, mm. then it ends problem of groping, sexual assault and rape within our scene. Let's hope that happens because it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I agree. Mr. C, thank you very much. Pleasure to be on. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have, please go. If you're listening to oh, an Apple podcast, please go and give it a rating, give it a thumbs up, share it. It really helps the podcast grow on Apple Podcasts and goes help it goes up the chart, which means we can get bigger guests with bigger numbers and which gives you more information and more tips thanks so much again for joining us i hope you enjoyed it i'll see you next time i've been graham farmer bye